The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors because we support the people who support our way of life and CZ Welding and Fabrication. Custom dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective Um, You know, it seems like every big hunt you go to, you see new, you know, more and more new faces. And it's great. I love it. You know, I, I absolutely love seeing that in this sport. And this sport's growing. And it's, I, I think that the best is yet to come with this sport. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Lane Denny. I first seen Lane Denny on Josh McKayla's YouTube channel, The Big Show Productions. And I've always wanted to sit down and talk with him. And today, we're going to get that chance. So if you'll stand by, we'll have Lane join us via the telephone. Tell us about you know who you are and where you're from and that type of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, uh, my name's Lane Denny. Uh, I'm from uh, Oklahoma, a small town in northeastern Oklahoma called Jay. Uh, went to school in, in Jay and graduated high school from Jay there. Uh, and, uh, you know, growing up, I was played sports, uh, played football and, and baseball, and just always been a real competitive type of person. Uh, grew up on a little 90-acre farm uh, with my dad. Um, they're, uh, just, uh, east of Jay, but, uh, real nice place. And, and, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where I grew up at. And, and that's kind of a little bit about, uh, about me. I got an older brother. His name's Andy. Um, got two nieces and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just pretty simple, pretty simple life that I live. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. It's kind of, kind of like me. I grew up on a little farm in Southeast Alabama. So there's some, some relation there. And I, uh, I first seen you on Josh McKayla's the the Big Show Production YouTube channel, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. This guy don't live too far from me here. And then we were able to meet in person when I was getting my uh, hunt director apprenticeship done for for PKC. So I uh, I was able to come over and hunt with y'all. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Josh, uh, he interviewed me. Um, I think uh, he's interviewed me a couple times. I think he, the YouTube thing he done was about two years ago, but. Uh, yeah, that was always a blast, and like I said, I, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on here and uh, to interview me for this thing here. I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're on the road today. Uh, where, where, where are you headed to? I'm uh, headed to uh, Princeton, Indiana, to the uh, Spring Super Stakes. Yeah, well, for people that don't know Lane Denny, Lane Denny is a two-time world champion, won the youth uh, world championship, and then was it 2019, Lane? Is that right? Yes, Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, so 2014 was the youth. 2019 was the big world championship. So uh, that's that's pretty impressive uh, for sure. That's a that's an impressive resume to start with, at least. Well, I, I appreciate that. Won't you tell us how you got into coon hunting? Man, uh, I was about 12 years old when I got into coon hunting. Uh, my daddy actually got me into it. And uh, kind of a little backstory that, that not many people know. And I didn't know it, honestly, until probably about five or six years ago but uh, my dad grew up coon hunting and uh, my dad's family my mom's family was just kind of you know they was all friends and and uh, they all knew each other and and my mom lived 
oh, I'd say a couple miles from my dad, just kind of through the country, you know, and it wasn't nothing but woods from my dad's house or my mom's house. But uh, like I said, growing up, my dad had hounds and, you know, his dogs wasn't nothing special. I mean, they tree coons and, and uh, you know, they might tree possums, run deer, you know, he just done it just to, just for pleasure, you know, and really just to have something to do back then. But, uh, uh, but my dad, what he would actually do is when he would go see my mom when they first started dating, he'd, he'd turn his dogs loose and, and he'd kind of hunt the direction toward my mom's house and, and he'd see my mom for a couple hours and, and you know, he'd go home. But uh, so I guess you could say coon hunting's been kind of a part of my life even before I knew it. You know, it's uh, just kind of a neat deal. And, and uh, but uh, my dad got me into it when I was about 12. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he coon hunted, like I said, growing up and, and he got out of it, of course, when he got older, got a job, had kids and stuff, and, and he just got to missing it, you know, and, and, you know, he just, growing up, my brother and I both, we loved deer hunting and, and just being outside fishing, you know, being on the farm, and, and uh, so he thought, man, I, you know, I'm going to get, you know, he got my, he got me two dogs, and, and uh, basically what ended up happening was uh, my brother got one of them, but uh, anyways, I, we got two dogs, they're two little walker dogs, and, and uh, we started messing with them and training them, and, and uh, you know, my brother's dog actually turned out to be a lot better hound than mine was, but my brother, he, he enjoys it, and uh, even till today, you know, he, he likes going when he can, but uh, he didn't, it didn't stick with him kind of like it did with me, you know. Uh, the very first time that I went hunting, even before I got hounds, you know, it was I was stuck, you know. Uh, a lot of people that might have heard of the podcast uh, with Josh with me um, might have uh, heard the story, you know, about uh, the English dog uh, that, I, that everybody called Buck that I hunted with for the very first time, but, you know, uh, Buck was a good dog, and, and you know, um, the uh it was he was actually a, a friend of my dad's uh at the time my dad worked with him at a pet food place but um anyways I, the first time i went hunting there man with old buck i was just it was hook line and sinker it was uh from that moment on i told my dad when we were home that night i said hey you know we i've got to have a dog and and i knew from that moment on you know that i was always going to have a coon dog tied up at my house and and uh, you know i at the time i had no idea what even what a competition coon hunt was you know believe it or not i I got into it like a lot of people got into it, just just for the love of it, you know, uh, the dogs and and uh, the sport of it. I, I tell you, I I loved every single moment of it. And then, of course, when I got involved in the competition side of things, it was even even more, you know, it even got me hooked even more. I guess you could say, growing up being as competitive as I was. But uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit how I how I got started into it. Um, you know, my dad, I, I owe him everything. You know. With, he got me into this this sport that has honestly changed my life forever. It's uh, it's been it's been a huge blessing. It really has. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome for sure. There. Speaking of other dogs, I know um, you talked about the buck dog there. What uh, what was your first dog that that you had that you remember taking and really starting to have a dog that that would win that that you could uh win a cast with or win a hunt with yeah um believe it or not uh i when you know the first two like i said the first two dogs that i had was walker dogs and they wasn't registered my dad got me them but the first good one that really kind of kind of set in stone the type of dog that i like hunting and, and packing around is he was actually a blue dog um i got him from a man lived probably 20 minutes from me. his name was ronnie ward uh you know i i was a kid i think i might have been 13 at the time maybe 14 um so not long after i got into it um 
But uh, Ronnie, uh, I, I met Ronnie at, uh, there was a small club there by my house that had uh, club hunts, and I got involved in that little club and started going to the club hunts with these dogs that I had. But uh, nevertheless, I, I met Ronnie at this club, and, you know, Ronnie and I, we kind of became friends, and I started hunting with Ronnie quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Ronnie was nice enough to give me give me a puppy off of, uh, he had an old dog at the time he called Deja Vu, and uh and uh, this dog was off of Boo and, and a female called Lucy uh, that Rocky Nugent, uh, the boys down around Holbert, owned. Um, but anyways, that, that, that dog was probably the first one that turned into to, to what I think uh, what I look for in a dog even today, even though he was a blue tick, you know, uh, and he, he was the right kind. Uh, but when I got him, he was eight months old, and um, I showed him a cage coon for the very first time. Just, I mean, I probably a couple of days after I got him, I was so excited to start training on this pup, you know, that, that I wasn't going to waste no time on trying to get me a coon caught to show this pup a coon. But first coon I ever showed him, uh, turned it loose and he ran and treated it. And, uh, you know, the, the dog was just a natural, um, I called him cash. Um, but, uh, you know, cash was just an absolute natural. I mean, from the very first time I ever took him hunting, matter of fact, the very first time I turned him loose at night, um, a couple of my dad's friends come over and uh, we turned them loose, and this pup, this big old pup, was just kind of around us, and and uh, we was walking. To, the dogs got treed, and we was walking to them there, and, and uh, well, on the way to them, we hear another dog kind of open left-handed away from these other dogs, and this this dog's kind of you know running a track down through this creek bottom, and this this dog comes treed, and we're like, I, I don't know what dog this is. We get to look around, that pup's gone, and uh, so anyways, I thought, man, surely that's not that pup, but just in case, I run in there, and sure enough, it was that pup, and, and uh, the old dogs had a den up on the hill, and this pup had a coon treat, and, you know, we rolled it out to him, man, it was, ever since then, that dog was, was the right kind, I mean, um, he was a dead loner, had a good mouth, he moved around good, I mean, everything you, that most guys look for um, that, you know, will win, this this dog had it. I mean, he had everything. He had his coons when he got treed. Um, you know, just he was just a real real nice dog. And but uh, I had him for a while, and of course that was back before I had driver's license. So you know, I only got to go to the hunts that uh, that people would would let me ride with them. You know, or my dad he would take me when he could. He worked growing up. My dad worked hard and and you know worked about you know six seven days a week. So he didn't have much time. But um, I was very fortunate enough to to have met some friends that lived close to me, some older guys that kind of took me in under their wing and, and would, you know, pack me around to some hunts. And this dog, man, I was just a kid. I had no idea what I had at the time or nothing like that or what I was doing. But uh, back then it was, you know, I would mainly hunt UKC hunts, you know, because that's what everybody around me hunted and that's what they would take me to. But uh, this dog back then, you know, you had to have a first place win plus 100 points, I think, to make a night champion. But this dog was only... I would say he was only probably 13 months old at the time that I started taking these hunts. And I bet this dog had, you know, five or six second place wins in UKC, a couple thirds. I mean, he never was, never did make him a night champion, but this dog had several cast wins. And um, I was actually getting him ready to go to a battle of the breeds. I'd never been, you know, and back then it was kind of a big deal and everybody went. So I was kind of getting him ready for it. And uh, I didn't have a Garmin or a tracking system back then. I was just a poor kid and, and honestly didn't even really know what it was. You know, back then a lot of guys had like those tracker classics. But um, anyways, I didn't have a tracking system. I was hunting this dog with a friend of mine, getting him ready to go to Battle of the Breeds. And 
cut him loose. Of course, he was a loner, so he never was with anything, but he went left-handed, and this other dog went right-handed. My dog got struck down there in the, in the draw and was trailing away from us, and, and uh, the other dog ended up getting treed and had a coon. We went in there and, and uh, rolled that coon out to that other dog and, and pulled off that tree and got to listening for mine, and it was just like he fell off the face of the earth. Uh, you know, he, he just showed up, and, and uh, you know, that's the last I ever seen of him, but uh, you know, a couple of people had saw him. They said, I, I don't know what happened to him, but you know, it was a kind of a, kind of a bad deal, you know, cause I mean, I, I was in love with that dog and, and, uh, you know, I was just a kid, you know, it made me want to all but quit, but fortunately, you know, I didn't, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's kind of the, he was kind of, oh, cash was kind of the first one that really set the set in stone and what I would look for in a dog. I mean, uh, you know, he, in my opinion, he he was a very good dog. Probably even to di- to this day, probably one of the better ones that I have owned. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, sounded like he was definitely a, a pretty good dog. So after after Cash, did you get you get you another dog, or did you what dogs have you you've handled some dogs for some people as well, right? Yeah. Um. After Cash, I tell you what I done. Uh, I just kind of I, I'd buy a couple pups and I just try to make me another one, man, and. And it just didn't work out. I mean, none of them was like him. And, and of course, I mean, that's the thing. You get a good one like that, it just spoils you, you know what I mean? And, and uh, but so I was, I went through several dogs and several dogs. And, and I had some dogs that would treat coons, you know, and, and some that I packed around to some, you know, local hunts and done a little bit of winning with. But, you know, nothing was like that dog. And, and uh, you know, I was, I was just, just, just going through them, you know, trying to, I'd buy a dog, hunt it a while, kind of get it looking right, and then, you know, I'd sell it, you know, because it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. But it took me a while, but uh, it probably, I would say, two years after I lost cash, uh, that's when, when I uh, I ended up getting Emmy. Um, I bought Emmy about two years later. Um, but uh, I had handled a few dogs for some people, um, too, you know. Uh, the very first time I got to go to the Youth World Hunt, I handled a dog for Roy and Teresa Ingram a walker dog they called striker um they you know they're fortunate you know it's fortunate enough they they let me to uh let me handle striker and, and he was a pretty good dog you know but um i hunted him in some hunts and then hunted a dog for you know uh the guy that uh, was partners with me on emmy carl reed i hunted a dog for him called dizzy and and she was a really good dog you know so i was fortunate enough to to you know to still handle some decent dogs you know and good dogs but as far as me owning one I was, I just, you know, I didn't, I just, I was looking and looking and looking. And then fortunately enough, I ran across Emmy and bought her, but. Okay. Well, you, uh, you mentioned Emmy there and that she, she was next on my list here to ask about. So tell us, tell us that story, how you got her and what it was like to get her started and kind of what the process was, uh, getting her up and ready and, and getting her hunting. Right. Yeah. So I got Emmy, like I said, I was. I was around 15, I think, when I got her, um, maybe 16. Um, but uh, had been, I guess I was 15 because she's 10 now. But anyways, I got her as a puppy, and I think she was 9, 10 months old when I bought her. Uh, I gave $450 for her. You know, I, a guy had her for sale, and, and uh, he goes through some dogs. But anyways, I bought her as a pup and, and took her, and, and uh, she was, uh, you know, she was like cash. I mean, from the very first night that I ever turned her loose, she was just a natural. Um, and that excited me more than anything because out of all the pups between her and Cash that I had, none of them was like that. You know, most of them was real slow starters. So 
that kind of sparked me about her, you know, how quick she started. And, and uh, of course, when she started treeing coons, she, she was a dead loner. I mean, she and she was she could tree just about any type of coon, even as, as, as a baby. Uh, I remember the very first cast I ever put her in. She was 11 months old, and um, and she treed two coons in an hour and, and looked very good. And, and uh, you know, I thought, thank goodness, you know, I, I finally got me something again, you know. And so, uh, so anyways, that's that's when, you know, she was just a natural and, and uh, started packing around to some small hunts. And, and uh guy I mentioned earlier, Carl Reed, let me hunt some dogs from him. So I, I was associated with Carl, and I didn't know him you know, just personally, I just heard a lot of people about him and, and, uh, talk about him. Of course, you know, he was fortunate enough to let me hunt one of his dogs, you know, a couple of times, but, uh, but I'd, uh, I'd heard about, you know, how good of a, good of a dog man he was, you know, and, and I, I knew the potential that Emmy had and, and, uh, you know, I knew that I couldn't do it by myself because I was a kid. I, I didn't know a whole lot at the time and, and I just knew what I'd had, you know, because I had had the same, same thing in, in the blue dog and, so, uh, anyways, I, I took her to one of Carl's UKC hunts and, and, um, he, uh, he guided me cause I, he, you know, he kind of heard about her and, and, uh, he guided me and she looked really good that night, ended up getting beat, but Carl tried to buy her and I said, no, I don't want to sell her. I like her too much, you know? And I said, but you know, we could partner on her, you know, or do something if you wanted to do anything like that. And he said, no, I don't want to partner. I just want to buy her. But, you know, long story short, he kept calling me for probably two weeks trying to buy her and, and finally, he he gave in and, and said, well, you know, we'll just partner on her. So I uh, I ended up giving him half of her, and uh, you know, we he uh, he was really good to me uh, growing up as a kid, and even today, I look I look at him as a father figure. You know, he's he's a great guy. I mean, outside of just the sport of coon hunting, he's a great guy, and he wants to see the youth excel in, in whatever it is, you know. And and uh, but uh, you know, he took me under his wing and 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 taught me a lot a lot more about coon hunting than what I thought I knew, you know, and, and uh, about, you know, how to train on a dog and how to work on one, how to fix some holes that are in them. And, and uh, but, you know, he hauled me all over the country, me and Emmy, and uh, before, uh, you know, just right after we got our, after I got my driver's license, he'd haul me, I'd go to his house and jump in the truck with him. We'd take off. We'd, love, we'd drive five hours to, to a, you know, $30 hunt or whatever, but uh, we'd go all over the country. But, uh you know, that's that's how I kind of got Emmy, and that's how my partnership with Carl on Emmy kind of came about. Um, later on, you know, Carl uh, Carl gave me give me his half of her back, but because uh, he was he was slowing down. Uh, his his son Roger was getting in high school and starting to play sports and stuff like that. But anyways, you know, that's that's kind of how Emmy came about, and I tell you, uh, I, I can't be more thankful enough. I mean, that that little dog is has blessed me beyond measure. I mean. Uh, you know, God has, has been with us. It, it, it's amazing. It truly is just the, the blessings that God has placed in my life. And, and definitely, I, Emmy's one of them. You know, I, I, you know, earlier I said I wouldn't be where I was at today without this sport. And, and that dog absolutely goes right along with that. Hey, guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I'm here today to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cockies Outdoors. Whether you need a few dog collar or the whole setup, they can fix you up. They have a wide range of products from hound hunting to fishing. My friends over at Conkeys Outdoors can help you out. You can order online at conkeysoutdoors.com. Call them at 904-692-1568, 904-692-1568. Or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, go by and see them. Again, that's at conkeysoutdoors.com because we support people who support our way of life. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome when you can uh, have a dog that impacts you that way. And you were talking there about um, Carl, you know, kind of taking you under his wing. Maybe there's some young guys out there that are thinking about getting in this sport. Speak to a moment about not being scared to reach out to some of these guys that have been around for a little bit and how important that is to have someone uh, that you can mentor under, especially, you know, coming up in the, in the competition ranks now, uh, competition, I believe is getting tougher. Uh, How important is it to have somebody that you can kind of lean on for some guidance and direction in that area? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like anything else. Um, It's very important. Um, you know, it, it's no different than, you know, somebody that plays basketball. Um, that's that's pretty good, you know, but they, they're they afraid to uh, to ask somebody for help, you know, maybe. But it, it's very important even in this sport, you know, to, to, to find somebody that uh, that knows knows what they're talking about um, that's good with dogs, uh, you know. And, and the biggest thing is, is just, you know, in my opinion, as far as, you know, guys that are they're coming up, I've been this way growing up and, and very fortunate enough to be in this way because people have told me the same thing is, you know, whatever it is you're going to do, I mean, put in the work with it. I mean, and, and this sport is no different. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's going to be several nights where, where, you know, you probably don't, they probably don't want to go coon hunting or whatever, but, you know, them dogs, you've got to have them in as absolutely as best of shape as you can have them in. And, at the same time, you got to be as ready as you can be. You know, you got to know your dog. You got to know the rules. You got to be ready for absolutely every scenario that might come up. Um, but you know, it does help, especially as 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 young people, um, to to find a mentor like that. I mean, and and uh, you know, I, I've told people this and and kids this. You know, uh, since day one. I mean, I I ain't no better than anybody else. You know, but I've been fortunate enough to been to have been raised around some really good dog men and some very good handlers. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've, I've been very fortunate enough to, to have been raised around people like that. I mean, in, in my, my cell phone and my phone is always open, man. And if, if there's anybody young that ever has a question or, or anything that I think, you know, they think that I might know the answer to, I don't know everything. I'm not sitting here saying I do, but I would be absolutely myself, you know, be willing to help anybody as much as I can because I've been there you know I, I know what it's like to just be getting started in this sport and right now there's more people coming into this sport than ever I feel like um, you know it seems like every big hunt you go to you see new you know more and more new faces and it's great I love it you know I, I absolutely love seeing that in this sport and this sport's growing and it's I, I think that the best is yet to come with this sport um, you know, I think it's just going to continue to grow, but, but, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's, it is, it's very important to, to find somebody that that's been around, you know, that, that has been, been around some good people and, and good dog men and good handlers and, and to learn it the right way. That's the most important part too, you know, finding somebody that's going to teach you the right way about going about things, you know, uh, cause I, I've learned over the years, you know, it's best to do it right. I mean, it's, uh, it might cost you at the time or something like that, but I, you know, we all do this because we love it, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we all do this to because, you know, some of the best friends that I know I've made has been through this sport of coon hunting, and it's because I've done people right, and, and you know, that's that's a very important thing for, for young people to understand, too. I mean, guys getting into it, you know, uh, you know, even when nobody's watching, do the right thing. I mean, last week at Nationals, there was a, there was a situation in my semifinals cast where, 
you know, if I would have done something a little bit different, I'd been sitting in the final three, you know, but I'd done what I thought was right. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up costing me getting in the final three, but you know, what's right. I've been very fortunate enough to know, you know, my parents raised me right. And, and they said, you know, what's right's right and what's wrong's wrong, even when nobody's looking or watching. So, you know, but, uh, but yes, yes, sir. Yeah. And something there I want to touch on. Well, a couple of things. One, you know, even with me, um, you know, showing up at a hunt and drawing out with certain people is even a little intimidating for me as well, just because I haven't been around that part of part of it a, a whole lot. But for a young person, it really can be. So, you know, don't b- before the hunt, not during the cast or whatever, but, you know, maybe reach out to some of those guys. If you're if you're younger, most coon hunters are willing to help. I mean, there may be a select few that, that won't won't help you out. But for the most part, I think they're willing willing to help for sure. And the other thing you said there, and I just done a podcast with some friends of mine over in the O Show, and we talked about this. You know, Mr. Steve uh, Fielder has a podcast, and he talks about the golden age of coon hunting was back, you know, back in the 80s or so. And Josh Michaelis has a podcast, and we've mentioned him here and we're going to mention him again here and he says we're in the golden age now and and i see steve's point 100 percent, and i see josh's point 100 percent. but one thing you said and i said this in this podcast is i don't know that we've reached the golden age yet i think we're coming into it i think we're right on the cusp of being in the golden age of coon hunting with all the podcasts that are out there uh, the media that's going out there, the money that can be won now going out there. You're, you're talking about in the past, I feel like it's been like maybe the top five, top 10% of handlers that can go out and do this for a job, for a living. That's going to open doors for more people to be able to do this. Do, do you do you see it that way? Uh, absolutely, 100%. You know, this sport, the purses are getting bigger. Uh, you, know, um, you know, you can go – you can go just about anywhere, you know, once a month and compete in a $2,500 Pro Classic or a $6,500 Pro Classic and compete, you know, for up to $18,000 a night, you know, and that they're three nights long. So, I mean, that's money that guys, I mean, they're, you know, there's guys that do do this for a living and they make, a, they make just as much money as a guy that spent, you know, six years in, in college, you know, doing, you know, getting an education and i'm not saying don't go to college because i've been to college it's great um you know but the opportunity is there um for people you know as long as this sport keeps growing and they keep having these big hunts like this a lot of people they look down on these big hunts um and and i could see it both ways you know but in my opinion hey if a man can afford to go to a big hunt and to compete for eighteen thousand dollars a night I mean, more power to him. I'm happy to see that. I really am. Um, You know, I love the fact that there's people that that when you look on ProHound at the, um, you know, the leading handlers for the year, you know, anymore, it's nothing to see a handler that's won 200, 250,000 in a year, Uh, you know, and and that's awesome. You know, I, I think it is. And I think this sport has got the potential to turn into something even bigger than what you see on like the FLW, um, you know, and, and the fishing part of it. Cause you know, as well as I do, that's a huge thing. I mean, uh, all the sponsorships and things like that. And I, I feel like that, you know, the potential is there. Um, and I feel like that it's going in the that we're getting now as coon hunters. I think it's absolutely great. 
Um, you know, and I'm hoping that all of that will, will start pulling in some sponsors, you know, and, and it'd be awesome to see some truck sponsors and stuff like that, bigger sponsors, Cabela's, things like that, you know, come in and, and uh, you know, help this sport out. And if, if that happens, I mean, look out. I mean, I feel like the sky is the limit. But, you know, like what Josh says, the golden age about being now and, and Steve about back then, uh, you know, back then, I, I wasn't around back then, but, you know, I've listened to people and, and been around people that was back then. I mean, it seemed like that you would have more hunters back then at the smaller local hunts, but I think it was all because of the fact that there wasn't as many hunts back then. Um, you know, now you can go to, there's, I know from, for a fact, from my house on any given night through the week, I can go to four or five different hunts within three hours of my house. Um, you know, and back then you didn't have that, you know, everybody would go to these, these hunts on the weekends and that was the only hunt you could go to. Um, you know, so you would have, you know, I think you, you know, you'd have a bunch of dogs at it just because of that. Um, but you know, Josh touched, has touched on it before and, and, and it's been a topic, you know, that's been discussed before. And I don't know because I wasn't around back then, but some people say, you know, the dogs were better back then or the dogs are better now. You know, I can't vouch for the dogs back then, but I can tell you right now, um, you know, when you go and you compete on, you know, the the national level, you know, like nationals or PKC World Hunt, or UKC World Hunt now, or even the UKC Tournament Champions, you're competing against the best dogs in the country. I mean, just hands down, you're not going to draw a good cast anywhere you go, um, you know. At any given night, I feel like you could hunt that same cast that you draw that night four different times, and, and you're quite possibly going to get four different winners. Um, you know, the dogs the dogs today, and I know in the last probably seven or eight years since I've been coming and hunting hard in these hunts, I've noticed the level of dogs getting better and better and better. It just seems like every single time, you know, every two or three years, it seems like the dogs just keep getting better and better. Um, you know, and I'm sure the dogs were great back then, you know, um, I, I'm not saying they're not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to say, yeah, they were better. No, that wasn't. But to, I know for what I can tell in today's age, in, in the competition coon hunting world, the dogs are absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, I, Tyler Compton and I, a good friend of mine, we judged a pro classic. He got it and I judged it as in Qualpaw as a $5,000 pro classic. And it was back in November. But anyways, you know, long story short, we turned four dogs loose in this cast, and we treat 15 coons, and every single dog absolutely looked flawless. I mean, you could you could take that cast and hunt it four nights in a row, and you'd have a different winner, you know, all four nights. And that's the way it is on, on these bigger level hunts. I mean, you know, there isn't no, you know, um, hoping that this dog don't have a coon when he gets treed. I mean, because dogs in today's world and these hunts, when they get treated, they've got coons, you know, so there ain't no hoping he's going to take a minus or make a mistake because there's few dogs out there that, that can take a minus or that's going to take a minus and come back from it. You know, I mean, that can afford to do that. I mean, anymore, most of these dogs, they're going, they're going to treat coons. I mean, and, and when they get treated, they're going to have their coons. So, I mean, you, you've got to be packing a, a coon for here. You know, you got to be packing a dog that's going to have his coons when he trees and, and, um, but, you know, like I said, it, it's the golden age, I feel like, is it's a debatable question. And, and you know, I, I don't want to touch on it, whether it's back then or whether it's now. But I feel like 
the potential, the sky's the limit with our sport, and it's just going to continue to get better, I, I really feel like. Yeah, and I think it's funny you talked about the fishing thing because in the podcast I'd done here the other night was with a couple guys. They don't competition hunt at all, but they sit back. They only pleasure hunt. They sit back and they see what's going on, and they both, they both said, you know, it could be – you know, our trucks could be lettered up like, you know, bass boats, but before long, you know, the skies are the limit there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you, you know, and I, I feel like it would be great for our sport, you know, to see some big sponsors come on and on board, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, uh, because, you know, the money's there. I, I think, you know, I think the money is there to compete for, um, you know, the people are there now. I mean, you're getting more and more people that's you know, that do great at helping promote our sport, you know, and that, that helps a bunch too. And plus, you know, you, these podcasts you guys do and, and, uh, you know, the filming that they do backwood Her- backwoods heritage, you know, the filming they do and the filming that I've seen some other filmers that like at tournament of champions, you know, that, that are there and, and man, it's awesome. You know, they, they have, you know, like tournament of champions that they've got going on. They've, they've got a, They've got a broadcast booth, and they've got guys sitting there explaining, you know, what's going on in the cast and things like that. I mean, it's evolving, and it's awesome. I, I love it myself. Yeah, I, I agree. Hoping I can have a dog that I can pack up and down the road one day to be able to, to be a part of that. I'm still still working <laughs> on that process. But Hey, guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Is your dog box starting to get warm? Maybe it's starting to get a little cracked like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a, to a new box, but you've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication Custom Doll Boxes and Aluminum Products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540 540- 810-5439 540-810-5439 or send him a message through the Facebook page I bet he can fix you up don't wait till fall to get that new dog box go ahead get that dog box now get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication you won't go wrong dog boxes built by hunters Four hunters get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. Before, <laughs> b- before we uh, before we move on from Emmy, let's uh, let's touch on what what you've won with her there, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, you know, um, I tell you, you know, God has, has blessed me. I I, I got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, with uh, with you know, not just Emmy, but with in my life in general. But you know, Emmy and I, we've been very fortunate. Um, in two thousand. Like you touched on earlier, in 2014, we won the PKC Youth World Championship. Uh, 2015, uh, she won the UKC State Championship. Also in 2015, uh, she, her and I made the final three of the CHKC Youth World Championship. Ended up third um, in that Youth World Championship. Uh, and then uh, in 2018, uh, we won the truck, the PKC Senior Showdown. Um, of course, in 2019, won the UKC World Championship. She's got, man, she's been in the finals of several pro hunts. Uh, she's uh, she's been a blessing to me. You know, I I don't I'm not the type to brag on one, um, but uh, you know, she's she's been an absolute blessing uh, to me 
to my family. I mean, she she has blessed me and us beyond measure, and I can't thank God enough, you know, for bringing her into my life and and uh, you know for for uh, everything she's done for us, you know. But uh, you know, she's she's been she's been very great to me, and and you know, not only she won a little bit, you know, but she's uh she just she's just a pleasure to hunt even today. I mean. I, I I still hunt her through the winter. Um, you know, I, of course, when it turns out hot, I don't I don't hardly hunt her or anything like that. But uh, she's ten years old. But she's just fun to hunt. You know, she's a pleasure to hunt. Um, but uh, but you know, we we've been very fortunate. You know, we've made several final fours. Uh, she's been on the all-time lifetime earnings female list. Uh, she was on it for a year. Um, then she got knocked off of it. But you know. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and she's she's done all the all her winning, you know, the hard way. She's she's been. Uh, I don't believe she's ever been in a in an entry over three hundred dollars that I can think of. Um, you know, so she other than pro hunts and you know PKC World Hunt, Youth World Hunt, stuff like that. I mean, she, she just she she never did get entered in any of the big pro classics. Um, you know, but uh, but those things were just starting to come around when she was in her prime and. and course you know me I you kid I, I didn't have no money or nothing like that a hunter in them but you know it was it was a fun deal and and uh but uh you know she's 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 earned it the hard way you know I guess you could say but uh but yeah she's she's been a huge blessing in my life for sure yeah that's uh that's a pretty impressive resume uh even nowadays for for anybody to own a dog that to, to win that much I mean that's that's pretty impressive for sure how many puppies she's got on the ground she's got um I believe she has, uh, let me think here. See, she had shots litter. She had eight. Um, then we bred her to um, uh, Willie after that, and she had eight as well. And then we, uh, I think she, she should have around uh, 22 pups, I think, on the ground. Um, and I, I would be lying if I even tried to have to guess what her pup earnings are. Uh, I would say it's somewhere, it's close to probably 35,000, 32,000, something like that. Um, but, uh, but I would, I would say it's, it's somewhere around there. But yeah, I think she's got 22 to 24 puppies on the ground, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I knew you had bred her a few times and I didn't know exactly how many puppies she had, but the next dog that I was going to mention, you actually mentioned there, let's, uh, let's talk about shot, what, it, what he's out of and, uh how you kind of got him going because i'm sure he's who you got in the truck with you right yes sir yeah he's the one that i'm that i'm rolling down the road with right now uh you know i got shot i'll tell you the story on shot um of course i took this after emmy won the truck i wanted to breed her and i thought you know i thought what could i breed her to what could i breed her to and and i thought you know what it'd be pretty neat if i bred her to a dog that had won a truck too um, so I called Kevin Cable from Indiana and, and talked to Kevin about breeding her to big money. And Kevin was absolutely great. He said, absolutely. We'll do anything we need to do to get her bred. Um, you know, and, and, uh, of course I drew Kevin, you know, with her and, and he'd hunted with her too, you know, in the, in the past. And so, but anyways, uh, long story short, uh, we hauled her to, uh, Kevin's house and, and we bred her to big money and, and Kevin was absolutely great on the deal. Um, she had, like I said, she had eight puppies, um, my pick of the litter um, was uh, it actually wasn't shot. It was a dog that ever that uh, that I named a millionaire, um, Colton Atwell from uh, Iowa owns him now. But uh, anyways, he was my pick of the litter, um, and uh, shot was actually Kevin's pick. 
And uh, so I had Millionaire and I had another female out of it. The rest of them we'd sold. And uh, uh, Kevin got shot. And uh, and uh, so we was, uh, I'd had Millionaire and I had the other female that a good buddy of mine, Hunter Chancellor, owns now, uh, call her Fit. But I had I had Millionaire and Fit as puppies and I loved the way Fit acted. and and uh, But I loved the way Millionaire looked. I mean, he was absolutely picture perfect. Uh, he was colored up just like Emmy and and uh you know the older he got but uh anyways uh i had colton atwell and and sean called me from iowa and they said hey you know we had heard that you know we're looking to we used to coon hunt we're looking to get back into it and uh we're, we're kind of wanting a really good bred puppy and we heard that you had you got some off of emmy and big money and i said well yeah i've got two and so uh he said well I, we want a male i said well, i've got a male but i don't want to sell him I said, I've got this female here that honestly acts better than the male pup, um, you know, and, and I'm not just, you know, I said, I'm not just trying to tell you that so you won't buy this male pup because I don't want to sell him, you know, but this female acts good. He said, well, we want a male pup. So, you know, they wanted to buy a uh, millionaire and, and uh, you know, I didn't really want to price him. Finally, I priced him and they bought him. And, and so I had fit. Well, then I saw where um, a boy that lived by Kevin had shot. He wanted to sell him and, and he was just a pup. And, uh, I think he was 10 months old, and so uh, the the boy had him priced reasonably, and so I I just called him and bought him, um, and uh, we I drove to uh, the Missouri Pro Hunt, picked him up, and and you know I ended up starting him, but uh, that's how I got shot, and uh, and I ended up starting him, and and uh, you know when I started him, he was he was a tree dog, you know he he'd miss a little bit, I think honestly he'd probably treat treat squirrels is what he'd done. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I started him and, and, you know, over the years, you know, when I, when I was hunting him and working on him, I just saw little things about him that reminded me of Emmy, um, when she was that age, the good and the bad, um, you know, I mean, uh, the way, way he operated, just, it was, it was crazy, you know, the things that, uh, that he had done, you know, the good and the bad, that was just like his mama. And, uh, you know, I thought, man, I, you know, I just saw the good in him and, and, I worked on him and worked on him, and and uh, I'm telling you, it's been a long process, and and uh, we we've spent many and many nights just like him and his old mom and I have, you know, uh, just uh, from from daylight to dark hunting, him, you know, trying to get him ready, and and uh, but uh, he's three now, um, you know, like I said, I'm headed to the super stakes with him, and this will be his last super stakes, um, you know, last week uh, or yeah, last week we was we was fortunate enough to two uh, i guess two weeks ago now but uh we was fortunate enough to get in the top 10 at nationals with him and and uh, you know that's probably that's the first time that he's that he's uh doubled up at a big event like that he's up to that point the dog had won uh he'd won seven he'd won multiple rounds at the pkc world hunt he'd won multiple rounds at nationals multiple rounds at super stakes uh you know he just never never could catch a break in a late round to uh to double up and advance to the quarterfinals but you know we sports enough to to double up last week at nationals and get to the made it to the quarterfinals won our quarterfinals round then made it to the top ten and and um, ended up coming down to uh, my last tree if I had a coon I could win and end up having a den but uh, we had a good hunt it was uh, me hunting shot and uh, Joe Manning hunting uh, goose and uh, David David Blake hunting major pain and and a pain tree two coons shot tree two coons and and goose tree two coons. Uh, and it just worked out where, uh, uh, you know, Payne had uh, had 200 on both of his coons, so he won the cast and ended up winning the whole winning the whole event. But uh, 
but yeah, um, you know, shots, uh, shots young. I mean, he's three now and he's got a long ways to go, but you know, he's, he really does a lot of things that I like and, and he does a lot of things that remind me of his mama. Um, and, uh, both, like I said, both the good and the bad, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been a blessing to me so far. Um, you know, and I can't, I can't just, you know, I'm not saying it's all his mama cause his daddy was, you know, they could breed his daddy to anything and it would be a good dog. You know, I mean, big money is absolutely a great reproducer. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I got to thank Kevin, you know, for, for, cause he was absolutely beyond good about the whole thing about breeding to big money and, and everything. So, you know, uh, you know, he, he was good about it. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting shot back, but, uh, you know, it's all worked out. You know, he's, like I said, he's, he's, uh, he's been good to me so far and, and hopefully, you know, we can have a little luck out here at super stakes this week. But, uh, yeah, that would, that would be great if you could, could get that took care of this week, if he can go out there and perform well for you. And, uh, speaking of performing well, Speak on because you you've been on you've been on the the big big stages here. Speak on what it takes to get you ready to perform there, and what it takes to get the dog ready uh, to perform there to to maybe even win, but to at least show up and perform. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this sport it's no different than uh, than anything. Um, you know, whether you're a football player, baseball player, whatever. You know. I feel like these dogs are, I mean, they're athletes, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're athletes and, and you have to put in the work. I mean, that's, that's plain and simple. Uh, you got to hunt hard. You've got to, there's nights where I, where I didn't want to go hunting, you know, maybe it's raining or something like that, but you know, I needed to because I, I, I had to get my dog in that situation. So that way, when I take him to town, say I haul him eight hours to Indiana, uh, you know, and a thunderstorm, it's going to be thunderstorming on Wednesday night, you know, and I've got to hunt him that night. You know, I, I, you have to get your dog, in my opinion, you have to put them in about every single scenario that you can put them in to prepare them for uh, what they might face, you know, when you put them in these casts. Um, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing, too, is as far as the dog goes, is to have them in shape, you know, and, and have them. Uh, Michael Ward touched on this on a podcast I listened to. He was on it. You know, uh, you, you got to have your dog in shape. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing, um, you know, when it comes to this, because, I mean, you know, you could hunt, like I touched on earlier, a lot of these casts you're going to draw on these big events. You could hunt that same cast four nights in a row, and you might have four different winners. You know, it's all about who's going to catch the breaks and, and uh, and you know, who's got their luck on their side. But you've got you've to gotta have them in shape. You've got to have them ready. I mean, and that along that goes along with just hunting hard, you know, and and putting in the time. And of course, every dog's different, you know. Some dogs you can hunt three nights a week and they're good to go. And some night, some dogs you got to hunt five, six nights a week to keep them in shape. Um, but uh, you know, and as far as you being prepared as a handler, man, the biggest thing is just to to know the rules and and to to when you're out there pleasure hunting. I tell you what, I do a lot is you know when I'm pleasure hunting, man. I, I, especially if I'm pleasure with someone like I, I you know, I, I, like in the back of my head, I feel I feel like I'm going to cast. Well, what would I do in this scenario? You know, I mean, uh, you know, it just, just, there's just, you've got to know what to do in every single scenario that might, might come up, you know, that, that can give your dog the best shot at winning and give you the best shot at winning that, that you can, that you can uh, possibly do. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, 
we expect a lot out of these dogs. I mean, uh, I'm going to touch on something that, that, you know, a lot of people might not really realize or think of, but, uh, yeah, we expect a lot out of these dogs and, and nutrition is absolutely a very, very important thing. Um, you know, when you're taking your dog and you're hauling it eight hours to a hunt and you're, you know, uh, they're on the road for a week at a time, they're, you know, you might, they might be stressed, you know, you, you've got to feed them good feed. That's something that's going to keep them going round after round after round. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's very, very important, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, as much as we ask out of these dogs, you know, I mean, it's it's all about that's where it all starts realistically. I mean, if, if you're feeding them good feed, that's going to give them energy to go round after round to be able to hunt them six nights a week to keep them in shape. You know, that's 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 where the pyramid's built, in my opinion, right there is, is on nutrition. Well, I couldn't agree more with you there, Lane. We definitely, you know, we ask uh, a lot out of our hounds and we need to step up and, and take care of them the the right way and and it starts with the feed for sure I, I couldn't couldn't agree more if you could give your younger self in the coon hunting world some advice uh what would it be what would you go back and tell your younger self you know uh i tell you it's something that i've learned uh, over the last five or six years but you know uh it, it, there's there's three steps in my opinion especially if i was going to tell myself this and you know you you've got to work hard, you got to stay dedicated, and you, and you always always got to keep faith, you know, in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, because when He's with you, nothing is impossible. But uh, you know, like I said, just just work hard at it. You know, even when you don't want to. I mean, uh, put in the work because it shows. You know, there's going to be a time where where the spotlight might be ready to shine on you, and you might be be. Uh, it, it, it might be your time, so you've got to have you and your dog prepared for that, um, you know, and there's going to be times where, you know, even if you get your dog as ready as what you think you might have him, and you take him to town, and, and you might not just, the cards might not fall your way, you might not catch the brakes that you need to catch, and you might get beat, you know, and it's at those times where you've got to stay dedicated. you got to go back home, go to the drawing board, and, and continue to put in work. I mean, uh, because at the end of the day, in everything, this sport, in my opinion, I've said it numerous times, and I'll say it a million times. This sport is no different than a sport that you see professional athletes on TV. Uh, you know, them guys, they go to the gym. They're the first ones at the gym. They're the last ones to leave. You know, when when they win a Super Bowl, you know, they don't just get satisfied with that. You know, they, they stay hungry. They continue to go to the gym. They continue to put in the work, and, and that's another big thing, you know, I mean. Just uh, staying, staying hungry, so to speak. Uh, you know, you just, you've got to continue to want to be successful. You've got to continue to enjoy it too, and that's, that's another thing. I mean, you know, don't get all wrapped up in being so competitive that you lose your joy for it, because that's, that's why 99% of coon hunters got started into this sport, is because they enjoyed it. Whether it be they enjoyed the dogs, the sound of the dogs, you know. Uh, just just enjoyed the hunting part you know whatever the case may be we all got into this because we love it i mean plain and simple so you can't lose sight of that either you know you've got to got to be thankful for uh every single opportunity that that has been given to you because that in itself is a major blessing and and uh you've got to got to be thankful too you know no matter no matter what happens no matter how successful you are 
and not just in this sport, but in life in general, you got to remember, remember where you come from and remember who got you there and continue to be thankful for them people and to can continue to realize that without them, you know, you, you wouldn't be where you're at. So, uh, you know, that's a, in my opinion, that's something that's major, uh, you know, that, that a lot of people lose sight of, you know, um, but, uh, that's something I'd probably tell myself, you know, well, I, I think that's a uh, pretty good advice there for sure. And, you know, if I, I enjoy going to competition hunts cause I get to meet people like you, I've got to meet your, uh, your buddy there, Tyler. Uh, he's judged a cast. He's been over here to our club and that's part of it for me is getting out to meet like-minded people. But I tell you this, if a competition hunt st- stopped today, tonight when it gets dark, I'm still going hunting because I enjoy the dogs. And absolutely. That's yeah. what it's about. And before yeah, absolutely. before we move into the to the last two questions here, and I didn't have this on here, so if this catches you off guard, just let me know. We'll take it out. But can you talk about Tier 1 Custom Calls? I know you and Tyler are partners on it, but can you uh, – can you speak about a little bit about that, how that come about? Um, go ahead and plug your company, where they can find you at, and, and what y'all do. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Um, Tyler, so um, to make a long story short, uh, you know, like I said, I touched on earlier, Tyler and I, we've been good buddies uh, for a long time now. Um, Tyler, I could consider him probably one of my best friends. Um, but uh, Tyler and I, we're, we're kind of the same same person in an aspect of, you know, uh, we've always kind of trying to better ourselves and, and looking for the next opportunity, you know, and, and one day I was, I was, uh, sitting at home, I think it was on a Sunday or something. I can't remember now, but Tyler called me and he said, Hey, he said, uh, do you want to buy a business? And, and I thought, what are you talking about? You know, but I said, well, I guess, you know, what's the details? And he says, well, I think Josh Michaelis is wanting to sell big show game calls. And uh, I said, well, find out, you know, what he wants for it or whatever and let me know. Well, he, uh, it wasn't 45 minutes later. Uh, he calls me back and he says, hey, you know, this is what Josh said he would do for us and, and uh, take for it. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, this is what, it, what, what he do. And I said, well, that sounds pretty good to me. If you want to do it, we'll do it. You know, if you think we can make it work. So, uh, you know, we, we ended up buying it from Josh. Uh, we changed his name to uh, Tier 1 Custom Calls. Um, we uh, The Squallers are still the same. The Phoenixes still have the same read system that that Josh come up with. Uh, the Pinnacles still have the same read system that Josh come up with. We've added a couple things different. We, we sell what we call a competition pack now. It comes with the Phoenix and the Pinnacle Squaller on a, a four-loop lanyard with a stopwatch that has a countdown. And, uh, and also has a whistle on it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a neat deal to have, you know, we've met a lot, a lot of people and, and we've learned a lot about, you know, uh, things that we didn't know before, uh, because of this business, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a blessing, you know, it's been a neat deal. We, uh, we try to, we, we do everybody as good as what we can do them. And, and, uh, you know, our customers come first, you know, and, and, uh, we, you know, we we can't thank Josh enough for um, giving us the opportunity to, to uh, purchase Big Show Game Calls and, and uh, you know, to continue to manufacture and make these coon squallers, you know, because Josh sponsored me for years. Um, he always took care of me, and I'm telling you, I've had a Big Show Game Call on my, which, you know, lanyard for years. Of course, you know, now I've still got a Tier 1 custom call on my lanyard. It's the same exact call, and it works just as good 
you know, as it did uh, when Josh had it. But, you know, so, we, you know, when we saw he was selling out, we, we knew, you know, I, I hated it. I hated to see he was selling out, you know, because I, I didn't want the, the squalor to continue to or to just completely quit, you know, being manufactured and made because it works so well. And so, you know, we fortunate enough, we got it worked out and we got it purchased, you know. But we have a Facebook page, uh, Tier 1 Custom Calls. Also have a website. It's uh, tier1customcalls.com. And uh, you know, if anybody was is needing a squalor and, and they think they want to try us out, they're more than welcome to, to either get with Tyler or myself on our personal Facebook page, our personal cell phones, or even get on our website and order. You know, uh, but uh, it's it's been a it's been a blessing for sure. Yeah. Well, funny story about this was I was going to. Um, get me a big show game call and then josh goes out of business but why i wanted to do it was my pole barn had collapsed on one side and me and a buddy was here fixing it and i was listening to a podcast that chris powell done with josh and josh i had my little seven month old puppy just kind of running around in the yard with us i kind of let my mind run free and he started hitting that squalor and I thought that puppy's going to eat that Bluetooth speaker before I get out of him. I, and I seen uh, y'all's comp packs in, in, uh, in person, and, boy, they're they're really nice. And I'm going to have me one of those uh, here pretty soon. I'm going to get with y'all and get one because they are, they are really nice. They're handy to have that stopwatch there and your, your uh, squalors there too. So uh, anybody yeah. that's needing a call out there, make sure you get with Tyler Compton. Or Lane Denny, look them up on Facebook, Tier One Custom Calls, and uh, check them out. They, they're they're really really good good coon squallers for sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. You know, we uh, like I said, we we try to take care. We'll take care of everybody. You know, our customers mean more to us than uh, selling them a product. You know, we'd rather we'd rather make a friend out of the deal is make money. I mean, uh, you know, we we didn't buy the business to get rich. We bought it to to see the squaller continue to be made and. To, to be able to continue to put it in coon hunters hands you know so but i i sure appreciate that yeah so uh before we wrap up here last last few minutes here what's uh what's what's the next goals for lane denny man i tell you um it's like anything else uh you know you try to you you always continue to 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 try to you know win something else or to continue to to become better um my goals was would, would be now is to to make shot a platinum champion he lacks about four thousand dollars to be a platinum champion um you know and uh he's qualified to go to the truck hunt next year and but i'm just going to continue to promote shot um you know and and uh, hopefully we can get lucky make him a platinum champion and and uh and you know at that point we're probably going to go to breeding a few females to him and and i want to get something out of shot to start you know hopefully promote next you know i i've got this this kind of thing I've got going is is you know it's been a blessing. Emmy, it started with Emmy. You know, she blessed me beyond measure, and and now shots kind of starting to fall into that role. And and uh, he's got some giant shoes to fill, and I don't think he can fill them. But uh, if if he gets close to filling them, you know, it'll be a blessing. But uh, you know, I I just want to have my own line of dogs. You know, as far as that goes in the sport of coon hunting. Um, you know, I I uh, I just uh, that's something I want to do. I want to hunt. You know. 10 years from now, I want to be hunting something that goes back to Emmy, uh, you know, and, and uh, that's the ultimate goal. I think that, you know, it's uh, anybody can go out and buy, you know, a, a winner. But it's uh, it, in my opinion, that's that's one reason why I respect, you know, 
so many people so much is because, you know, if they take their own dogs, it's something that they've raised out of their own dogs and they go to win with it, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's something that you got to say about Kevin Cable. I mean, you know, he's always, he's hunted his dogs out of his line of dogs and he's continued to win with them, um, you know, but, uh, and there's several guys out there to do that and I respect them so much and, and, uh, you know, but that's, that's my goal, you know, and, and, uh, just continue to, to do what I love too. And that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I, I tell you this sport, like you said earlier, you know, the, you know, the competition coon hunts could stop tomorrow. And, and I promise you, uh, you know, tonight I'd be turning a dog loose somewhere. I, mean, I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, and I made up with it and, and uh, hopefully one day when I have a family of my own, you know, I can teach them about it too. And, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, this sport has been an absolute blessing to me and it's been a huge part of my life. And hopefully, like I said, you know, when I have children one day, hopefully that it could be a big part of their life too. Yeah. Well, I definitely understand that. And, uh, I, uh, I think you got a good foundation there to start with, with Emmy and you shot is not open to the public for breeding at this time, right? No, sir. Not right now. Um, like I said, when, when we make him a platinum champion, um, you know, we'll, we, I've had, I've had several people want to breed to him. And when we make him a platinum champion, we're going to go to breed him to some females and hopefully he does his part. I think he probably will being out of big money, big money was a great reproducer. And, and, uh, you know, and, and being out of Emmy, you know, you know, knock on wood, everything, it seems like we bred Emmy too. The pups turned out very good. So I think he'll do his part, you know, um, and uh, hopefully, you know, with a little luck, we can we can make him a platinum champion pretty soon, and and uh, and be able to uh, to give the give the public, you know, the chance to to come and breed to him. Yeah, well, I think that'll be that'll be awesome for sure. Well, we've been at it for just over an hour already. It don't seem like it's been that long, but uh, do you have a coon hunting story you can share with us? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, I guess the probably. Probably uh, the the story that that I could tell that would be be uh, be pretty pretty good I guess would be probably the first time that I ever went hunting. I mean I've I've told a lot of people about it and it's it's something that gives me goosebumps today. I mean it's uh but uh, you know like I I touched on a little earlier the dog his name was Buck but uh, my dad worked with this guy um, his name's Jake Williams. Uh, Got to give him definitely a shout out because. He was, he was the first person, I guess, that really took me hunting. So, um, you know, his name was Jake Williams, and, and uh, my dad worked with him, so he invited him over to go hunting. And, and we, like I said, we lived on a 90-acre farm and, and had a spring run through it, good woods on it. But uh, we, uh, we show up, he shows up there, and, and uh, we ended up getting our stuff around and going to the back of the place, and he unloaded buck. And as a kid, you know, growing up, I was – I love dogs and animals. Of course, he unloaded loaded this big, pretty English dog, and man, I fell in love with him immediately. And uh, you know, I, I fell in love with this dog, and he put his tracking collar on him, led him around there, let him use the bathroom. He cut him loose, and you know, when he cut him loose, I just I lost all interest in it, um, honestly, because you know I thought, man, that, there goes my buddy. You know, I'm I wanted to pet on him a little bit more and love on him, but I didn't I didn't know it at the time. But Buck had a job to do, you know, and um, he cut Buck loose, and me, I had a friend with me, and, and uh, 
me and my buddy, we was a playing in the in the rocks there and, and playing with sticks, and we wasn't paying any attention at all. And, uh, you know, Buck opened a couple times down this holler, and, and the first couple times it didn't register to me. I heard it, but and then he opened a few more times, and when he did, it was you know it was like something turned me around by my shoulders, and I was just focused on this dog, um, and I couldn't couldn't quit listening to him. You know, my buddy was still wanting to wanting to mess around and wrestle there, and and um, and I was like, no, you know, listen. He's like, what? I'm like, do you not hear that? And he's like, yeah, I do. That dog's barking, you know. But it was just something about that dog, and it was like with every single bark that Buck made, it just carried up that holler, and it hit me right in the chest, you know. And and um, but uh, you know, a few sh- moments later, Buck trailed on down there and got treed and went in there, and he had a coon, and and that was you know hook, line, and sinker to me. I mean that that reeled me in just like crazy man i tell you from that moment on i knew that was it it was game over i knew what i was gonna do for the rest of my life whether you know i was always gonna have a coon dog at my house so uh but uh you know that's that's kind of the story about the very first time i went hunting and and uh you know it's it's to this day it, it still gives me goosebumps you know because man it was it was awesome it was a great experience and i'm i'm very fortunate and blessed to have to have had, you know, my dad invite him over and to get this ball rolling and get my journey started on, on this sport of coon hunting, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty awesome. That's a, a great story there to, to end with, especially, you know, after talking about, you know, guidance for, for other people, uh, especially young people out there and them, you know, getting into the sport, you know, if you get invited, just pay attention to what's going on. It's, you know that dog has a job to do, and I think that's that's a great message there, there, Lane, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lane, I don't want to keep you any longer the uh, than I, than we have already. We've been at it for a little over an hour, and I really appreciate you taking the time while you're on the road to uh, sit down with me and record this. I know uh, know you're driving there, and I, myself and everybody that listens to this, I'm sure, will be wishing you luck. This will air after the uh, Super Stakes is a done deal, but uh, we wish you the best of luck out there with uh, Shot, and hopefully y'all can get it done. Yeah, well, I, I, like I said, I appreciate you inviting me on here and, and uh, letting me talk to you. You know, I enjoy this. And what you what you guys do that do these podcasts is great for our sport, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I think that we as coon hunters can't thank you enough, you know, because it's awesome. It helps promote our sport. And, and uh, helps keep it keep it going you know in the right direction so i want to thank you you know for for bringing me on here today and and uh it's been it's been awesome i've enjoyed every single minute of it and hopefully we can do it again you know one day so yeah absolutely i i'd love to have you back and uh i'm sure we're going to have more conversations in the in the future together uh you don't you don't live too far from me and I'm sure I'll be venturing over to Oklahoma if I ever get one of these young dogs up and going where I can bring him over there and actually compete. Hey, that sounds good to me. We'd love to have you. All right, man. Will you be careful on the road? And thank you for being on the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Yes, sir. Thank you. You have a good day. Yes, sir. Well, that was two-time world champion Lane Denny. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, Head over to Facebook and leave us a comment or head over to Instagram and leave us a uh, comment or send us a message on either one. Let us know that you're out there listening. Uh, We plan to bring you more interviews just like this. I've been excited to be able to get with Lane and get this done. 
Uh, he's been busy the last few weeks with nationals, and now, he, as you hear, he's on the road to the Super Stakes. That will be a done deal when this podcast airs, but we wish Lane and Shot all of the luck out there. And if you're interested in a good-looking hound uh, here in the future, when he makes him a platinum champion and offers him for stud, if you have a female out there, he would definitely be a good one to breed to, I think. Uh, you heard Tyler interview uh, Kevin here a few episodes back, and I think that line of dogs is, speaks for themselves there. So if you're uh, interested in a walker dog and one that's bred right, stay up with Lane, an old shot, and I think you won't go wrong there. Well, that's it for this week on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I hope my dogs wasn't too loud in the background as I am sitting out on my back deck recording this on a overcast day uh, in April, the very first week of April here, and hopefully that don't come through too bad, but that's part of the raw, real-life editing uh, that we don't take out whenever we're sitting down editing these, so... Anyway, I hope you enjoy this today. Thank you for being the best part of the Coonhound Collective podcast. Head over to Apple. Leave us a five-star review. Make sure you check out all the rest of our podcast. Leave us a comment or send us a message at the Coonhound Collective on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you. We're about to hit the woods. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at Collective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to Collective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.